Many players have played well for the Chargers at training camp so far, but a lot of those players had expectations. On today's show, we're talking about the biggest surprises so far at camp. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now, but we're headed into our fifth season as host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we're talking about training camp surprises. And there's a lot of guys, David, who have stood out and a lot of guys maybe we weren't expecting to stand out as much as they have. And we have some different players to get into. I really like one of your picks, but we're also going to get into Justin Herbert. And if Joe Lombardi's offense is the right fit for him, we'll get into that. And also which player is most important besides Justin Herbert to be on the field for the Chargers this season before getting into a little bit of an injury update, talking about the linebacking core being super banged up at the moment and how some of those younger linebackers have performed and also getting into Donald Parham being out in much more. But it starts, David. It is twiz- Twitter Tuesday, and we wanted to do something because family on Friday this week, we're going to be starting to get into the game previews again on Fridays. And there is a preseason game this weekend for the Chargers where we're going to get a lot of questions answered by some of these guys. And we're getting into... Some of the guys who the preseason is most important for later on in the week. But on today's show, we were asked who the biggest surprise was in training camp so far for the Chargers. And it was asked from Bolt fans, Bolt fans since 1999. So far in this training camp, who has the upper leg at right tackle? And do you think the preseason games will decide RT1? Who is your surprise training camp player so far? So we did talk about the right tackle situation seemingly every day. I mean, there's something about that. But yes, preseason right now. That's going to decide things at right tackle. And right now, it's pretty even between Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton. I do want to focus on the biggest surprise, though, David, because that takes expectations into it, right? Keenan Allen's been awesome so yeah. far during training camp. Not surprised by it. Justin Herbert's been great. Not surprised by it. So, the biggest surprises so far, who do you want to start with? Yeah, I mean, I think that we have to start with the biggest surprise of them all. And and, and it just, it, it's about how he was doing it. Like, we all expected him to have a role. But we didn't do, we didn't know how many other roles he was going to take on just because of his play. And we're talking about DeAndre Carter here. DeAndre Carter has been everywhere in training camp, scoring touchdowns left and right, whether it's with the first team, second team, third team. It doesn't seem to matter. The quarterbacks enjoy throwing the ball to him. His quickness, his ability to get open um, on, you know, just suddenly on routes, the same things that make him super uh, effective as a punt returner is making him a very good receiver on offense. And I think it's a guy that more and more as the days go on, you can see him um, really kind of entrenching himself in this offense as a weapon. We didn't really expect to see hundred percent. I mean, he is the biggest surprise, I think for sure, as far as what the expectations were, which were, Hey, this dude is going to come in and be your main punt returner and everything on top of that. We'll see, right? Because, yeah. you know, he had one season really of receiver experience on a banged up Washington commanders team that had Taylor Heineke at quarterback. So like he didn't have the best situation and he hadn't been used like that for much of his career. 
Looks like he's been underutilized by the teams he's been on before. Yeah. Because he has been a terror at camp. Does it ever. The biggest play from Justin Herbert during the scrimmage, you know, ended up being a 35-yard pass. Beauty, beautiful catch as well by DeAndre Carter. But I went with Braden Fehoko for my first guy on this list based on the expectations because I expected yeah. him to come in and compete for one of those last defensive tackle spots. Talked about it before. If the Chargers keep six, which is one more than they kept last season, we see it being probably Morgan Fox, Jerry Tillery, SJD, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. And then the last two spots, probably Tito Abonia because he was picked in the fifth round this year. It's hard for me to imagine they're not going to have him make the 53-man. Yeah. And then there's a ton of guys after that, right? Because yeah. there's a lot less certainty and a lot less tied up, you know, resources-wise than the rest of those guys like a Joe Gaziano, a Forrest Merrill, a Christian yeah. Covington, who you brought back in free agency, and Braden Fajoko. And I think when you're talking about separation, I don't know if anyone's created more separation than Braden Fehoko has from that group. He got to match up with the ones when the offensive line and defensive line are going one-on-ones. Christian Covington, Joe Gaziano, those guys were all with this second team unit. And he just seems like every practice I've gone to, he's made a play. Really only counts in the padded practices, right? Because he's a right. defensive lineman. But it seems like anytime I'm reading any kind of notes, anytime I'm going to the practice myself, Braden Fehoko is standing out. And it does seem like he has created some separation there. Well, hey, there's opportunity for him. There's opportunity for Braden Fehoko after what he did last year in limited snaps. He was very, very productive against the run. And I think this was the guy we were all wanting to see on the field more often in those situations. And we didn't get to see it. And I think in training camp earlier on this year, we are seeing it. We are seeing him in those situations and he is making the most of them. He is shining so far in training camp. Another one of my guys, uh, I think is probably going to be someone that might be a little bit of a surprise for some people. It's actually the punter JK Scott. I really have enjoyed hearing the reports of the insane hang time because that really allows your coverage units to get get down there and kind of quell any type of return that they were trying to get. And also the directional punting as well. The ability to, to drop those punts inside the 20, inside the 10, to have them go out at, you know behind the five-yard line. Those are all things we have not seen since Mike Cyphers was the punter of the Chargers. And I think that's an underrated weapon that I think is going to really help the Chargers improve a very bad special teams unit this year. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I do think it's an underrated part of the Chargers' improvements because I think the special teams are an underrated part of why the Chargers were so bad last season because the yeah. defense obviously was a bigger part. Special teams is hugely important. And this is a big step in the right direction because that dude has been booming rockets. I mean, you're talking five seconds of hang time, like the average in the NFL is like four and a half seconds. They're going super far as well, which is always important. But that was just such a weak unit for the Chargers. You upgrade and got an all-pro long snapper, so the operation itself is getting off much quicker than it ever has been. And J.K. Scott, to his credit, gets the ball off quicker than Ty Long did, at least from what I saw last year in training camp. A little different in the game, right? You can't be out there shanking punts when it matters. So far, right. though, I mean, I think that is a guy where I'm like, I was surprised, you know, when yeah. I saw him out there just dropping those bombs. But another guy, I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, Jasir Taylor... Dean Leonard, both those guys have surprised me because I thought, I mean, it would be hard for them to make plays early on being corners, sixth and seventh round picks early on. I'm going to yeah. go with Jamari Sawyer. I almost went with Bryce Callahan too just because I know he's been good, but I've been out there and just so many pass breakups. just seems like he's making plays all over the middle of the field. A perfect slot corner. Stay healthy, like Bryce. Stay so far healthy, in training Please. camp, right? I'm going to go with Jamari Sawyer though because I just – I love it. It seems to me like he's – 
what is that? G3, <laughs> the yeah. third guard, the next guard off the bench. And, and what makes me think that, first of all, is it seems like lately they've been giving him more snaps at right guard, which would be Zion Johnson's backup when originally he was going in at left guard behind Matt Filer with the second team offense. Haven't seen much out of Brendan Hymas, but when you see this dude physically, he looks like he's ready to go. He's a super Damn sure. strong dude. He's he a really huge, does. Huge, <laughs> huge dude. And just seeing that dude, a six round pick going up in some of these one on ones, I've just been really impressed with what I've seen. I've seen some positions more than others, but those one on ones between the offensive line and defensive line are definitely what I'm looking at the most when I'm out there. Jamari Sawyer has been really, really impressive. I don't know how this dude dropped the six round. Yeah, I'm still scratching my head. Still don't understand it. One of the guys I have personally evaluated and watched tape on was and was very, very impressed with. I, I just don't understand. But hey, that's uh, every other team's fault for not taking him earlier and the Chargers' potential gain for taking him and getting him in the sixth round. But I, I saw a picture of Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson standing next to each other, and Zion Johnson looks like an absolute tank. But Jamari Sawyer looks like a guard, like a guy that is yeah, in the middle of your sure. offensive line that is is going to be a guy that's going to take up space and it's going to be very difficult for you to move. And it seems like he's played that way. And you already kind of feel better about the yeah. depth of the offensive line, just knowing that Jamari Sawyer is a part of that group. And you can't help but wonder how long it's going to take for him to be a part of the future plans of this offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, Matt Filer is here for two more seasons, right? This year and one more season. And another guy, you know, Damon Lloyd, of you know, deserves to be in this conversation. We'll talk about him a little later on. Raheem Lane, the safety, I think, deserves to be part of this conversation after being really impressive and coming on strong recently and during the scrimmage. But I think the thing with this team is always Justin Herbert. And one of the things that surprised me about Justin Herbert was when Jerry Tillery went to go pat him on the chest. And I'm the only one that saw Justin Herbert, like, kind of madly swipe away Jerry Tillery's hand. Nobody else saw it somehow, which makes me out here on this island putting that out there on Twitter. I saw video. some competitive fire behind those eyes. I mean, it was like, you know, and you love to see that because, I mean, Justin Herbert, a little different than some other quarterbacks. I love to see when he gets fired up because we don't get to see it too, too often. When you do, it's nice to see, and he was not happy after the sack he got from Jerry Tillery. I wouldn't be happy if I got sacked by Jerry Tillery either. But there is a bigger question here, and that is whether this offense is right for Justin Herbert. Because Joe Lombardi has taken some heat about running Drew Brees' offense with a giant cannon arm quarterback like Justin Herbert. But they've also been really, really good offensively. So we'll talk about that next. But I can tell you about a really, really good protein bar, and it is Built Bar. Right now, special flavor alert. Built Bar cookie dough chunk puff. If you can't see your podcast audience, I promise you... <laughs> I had it upside down, but it's great. And it's been really tough because I've had to save this since I got it to just hold it up here on YouTube. But Bill Bar, the thing has always been the flavors are awesome, right? Cookie dough chunk puff is not something you should be able to fit in your diet, but it's something that has 15 grams of protein, less than 160 calories, and is packed with fiber. It's low in carbs, and it gets you all the things nutritionally that you want from a protein bar while also not being waxy, while also not being chalky. It tastes like a little sliver of heaven, a little pillow of heaven when you have a Built Bar Puff. They're just so light. They don't weigh you down. They still are filling, though, and can keep you going throughout the day. And you can even save some money on them. If you guys want to try this delicious cookie dough chunk puff Built Bar, you guys can go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get or LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. I'm bumping it up from 10. We're going to 15. You can get 15% off at Built.com and all the cookie dough chunk Built Bars that you want at, with the promo code LOCKED15. All right, David, we talked about the biggest surprises so far at Chargers training camp, and 
there's been a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot surprises you every season, and there's going to be 10 new guys who are going to pop up during preseason, right? Or 10 guys who solidify their cases even more. But one guy you don't have to worry about is Justin Herbert, right? The superstar quarterback of the Chargers. And we have a question here from Alvin. Ever cynical, Alvin. Alvin, thanks for <laughs> contributing to the show today on a Twitter Tuesday. But Alvin asked us on Twitter, is the Chargers offense really built around Justin Herbert's strengths? And it's a complaint that I think we've seen a lot, especially because the Chargers don't go deep as much as you would like a quarterback with that kind of arm to go deep with, David. But I think with the Chargers, the one thing that you're hoping is, okay, we've seen one season of it. If it doesn't evolve, then maybe you start to have a problem. Yeah, I think that's definitely the, the focus here is just, hey, also, let, let's not forget. I mean, that was a top five offense that we saw last a really, season, really good last offense, year. Yeah. A really, really good one. And Justin Herbert was throwing the ball all over the yard. But I, I think you see him make throws every single game that make you want to go. Why aren't we seeing that more often? Sure. And I think that's probably why, you know, people get a little bit frustrated. But also, like, let's remember, this is the first year of the offense for Justin Herbert and for all of those guys, all of the skill position players, all the offensive linemen. They all had to learn that all at the same time. And now they all have that inventory of experiences throughout the season to be able to go into this second year of the offense where I think they're going to be able to do things a little bit differently. Justin Herbert's going to be able to, to, to see and discern defenses a little bit better, be able to call a bigger menu of plays like Brandon Staley said earlier in press conferences. So I think you will see a different version of the offense. I think for me, it's just be, maybe being a little bit more explosive on the early downs, right? Daniel, just maybe taking a few more shots early on because Last year, they did not. It seemed like they ran almost automatically on first and second down and put themselves in unfavorable third and long situations. So uh, I think that's probably one of the evolutions I'd like to see the offense take is just being a little more aggressive on the early downs. It wasn't that they just ran the ball on first down all the time. It was just the passes they were choosing to do. For the most part, a lot of short passes when they weren't running the ball. It wasn't the Anthony Lynn, you know, offense where it was like it seemed like it was more dictated to do that. They made improvements. It just wasn't. You weren't taking shots. Like, yeah, statistically, the best time to take shots, to take deep shots is on early downs. And the problem was, is according to Warren Sharp, right, which is one of the things that kind of stirred this conversation up. He was 36th amongst 42 quarterbacks as far as his average depth of target, where he's targeting his receivers when he's throwing it. Right. So he's targeting his receivers much closer than most of the other quarterbacks in the league. What it doesn't tell you is that Patrick Mahomes is also below him on average depth of target. <laughs> We're not questioning Andy Reid whether he's running the right offense for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, right? No. That doesn't tell the whole story. I think the other thing is, is two things. Are the shots there and Justin Herbert's not taking them, right? And then deciding he's going to dump it down or right, sees pressure, doesn't know if he has enough room to fit a ball in. And the other thing is, is do the Chargers have a personnel to be the air it out, go down the field all the time team? I don't know. I mean, obviously, they don't have a speedster that's a super reliable receiver that, you know, is a number one or number two guy. None of those guys are running the four threes. But then again, Cooper Cup runs at four six, right? And, and he's out there catching plenty of explosive passes. And the Chargers had plenty of explosive plays. It just wasn't of like the 50 plus yard variety. It wasn't him totally just airing it out and seeing how far he can throw the ball. And I do think there is a happy middle ground. I mean, Joe Lombardi did come from the Drew Brees offense. You don't want him to turn into a guy who's just running, you know, throwing to a bunch of option routes and stuff like that. But Justin Herbert's also extremely smart, very accurate, has really good ball placement. So you don't want to see him doing that all the time. Yeah. But this offense does play it to a lot of his strengths. 
just yeah. maybe not you know just the deep ball part of his strengths and that and that's the thing is like yeah just because they're not throwing a deep ball it doesn't mean they're not playing to the 55 other strengths that justin herbert has and also you have to kind of walk the line of being aggressive and being reckless with your throws you don't want justin herbert to take unnecessary shots or throw into triple coverage i mean that that's you know that you don't want to take shots for the sake of taking shots you sure. want these shots to be set up and i think that's one of the things you can kind of put as a feather in Joe Lombardi's cap is he did set up plays, I think, a lot more effectively than previous offensive coordinators that we've seen with the Chargers. I feel like you've yeah. seen little things happen early on in games and then them exploit that later on in the game, whether they, you know, they block with Steven Anderson and then they, you know, do a play action pass to Steven Anderson. And you see that and you, you kind of see that in the storytelling of them calling plays for the offense. So I think that is one thing that I did see for Joe Lombardi. And I think that is also going to progress this year. Yeah. And they did a ton of play action. They got him on the move more last year, which is something that we wanted to see. I still yes. think they can use his athleticism better. I think there's Definitely. better ways to use it, but it is a fine line between being reckless. Like you're saying, even with throwing interceptions, it's reckless to also give Justin Herbert five quarterback draws in a game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just, there's a lot of different things, but can it evolve? Can it be better? Yes. Is it already yeah. great? Yes. And it yes. still could be better. Right. And I think right. you could see it evolve this season. And I think that maybe the extra protection, having Zion Johnson, hopefully having improved play at right tackle from one of those two dudes, maybe that lets you set up more of those deep shots on early downs. Maybe they have a little bit more confidence to do it. Let's get to yeah. one more Twitter Tuesday question here before we move on. It's from Goaty Fish, I believe. And it says injuries are a factor every year. So besides Herbert, which player do you think is the most important for the Chargers to keep healthy in order to make the playoffs? David, I'll go to you. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no surprise for this one, but I mean, it's Derwin James for me. Okay, yeah. I, I just think, you know, Derwin James does so many things for this defense. And, and yeah, I think they're in much better position this year as opposed to previous years to be able to slightly weather that. But there's no replacing a guy of that caliber that can do everything well on your football team. A guy that can, you know, really be a menace as a pass rusher, can stop the run as a box safety, a guy who can play linebacker, a guy who can play slot corner, outside corner, play back. I mean, he can do anything on, on the football field. And that allows your defense to be so much more creative and so much more lethal and effective. So I think just not having Derwin James doesn't allow this defense to be the best that it possibly can be. Yeah, 100% for sure. I mean, Derwin James is the full package, just like Bill Barr. But also with Derwin James, I mean, he's such a leader, right? He's the complete package in that sense. He does so much communication-wise on the back end that you need to, you know, that part of his game as well intellectually, right? His instincts are insane. His yeah. athleticism is second to none. I think, a, I mean, I have that down on mine as well, but I brought two. My second would be Rashawn Slater. Yes, And I think a big part of this Definitely. is also who was behind them, right? Because I know we're all talking about Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins. Well, one of those guys is probably going to be Trey Pipkins back or uh, Rashawn Slater's backup as well, right? Whoever loses yeah. that. And we saw, you know, a backup tackle play a ton of snaps for the Chargers last season. Rashawn Slater is so good and it's so uncertain who would all be coming pro in. All pro-good. Yeah, it was him and Trent Williams. That was the list of all pros at left tackle Ridiculous. last season, right? And so... I think that's, for me, I mean, it's such an important position, right, position oh, yeah. value-wise. Like with Keenan Allen, if he goes down, it's devastating, right? Mike Williams, oh, yeah. obviously, it's huge. Austin Eckler, huge, right? Yes. But they'd be okay. You know, they, they'd be able to find a serviceable running back out of the guys they have left, hopefully. I mean, but either hopefully. way, positional value-wise, I mean, left tackle oh, yeah. is such an important position. It's massive. 
and your left tackle is so good at mm-hmm. playing left tackle that I think that that's a low key. You know, if he goes down, that shakes everything up for your obviously both and Mac. You got to throw in there as well. They're, of they're course, but at least in that sense, well. though, if you don't have one of them, you have the other. Sure, so it, it's why we think it's going to be special is because you have both. Definitely. But it doesn't mean you couldn't be great even with just one of them. And Joey Bosa has shown no, that sure. many times, and so has Khalil Mack. But, yeah, yeah, obviously, those are your best players defensively, right? Those guys are all on the same tier of, hey, when we're healthy, we're generational, we're all pro, we're all decade type of players. Those guys would all fit that bill oh, uh, yeah. very easily. But we do have more questions to get into, including whether the most important player for you to, on the Chargers to be on the field this year is going to sign his contract anytime soon we'll get into some injury updates as well with a battered inside linebacker unit and also talking about the tight end situation because how many tight ends are they going to keep and two of them are hurt right now so all of a sudden that competition is looking very very open and we're going to get into that but i do need to tell you guys that just like the chargers are having a tough time right now with their tight end position if you guys are having a tough time financially i have a way that can help you guys out a little bit and can help ease your stress levels a little bit and that is with the dave app and with dave what they're going to be able to do is provide you a little bit extra during your time of need the dave is the banking app that can help you get up to 500 dollars instantly with extra cash if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up for me it's always like i need to get like new tires or something goes wrong with my car and it's just like nobody has an extra 900 dollars to spend on their car or something like that that's the times I needed the day map, right? And to get up to $500 back with no interest, right? No credit check, no questions asked. And to be able to just give that back on my own time. And that's something that was so huge for me. And I know it can come in handy for a lot of other people as well, especially, you know, you need that wedding gift. You need gas. You need to go get some groceries. The Dave app can help with that. So download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E and sign up for the extra cash account to get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. All right. Well, we are continuing this Twitter Tuesday here and getting to as many questions as we possibly can. But since we were talking about Derwin James, let's get to Mac Huber, who asked, when should we start being concerned about Derwin James' contract extension? How close do you believe they are? So... First, let me just say, as far as how close I think it is, I'm not going based on any inside knowledge, right? No no insider trading here or anything like that. But I do think the only thing we can go off of is basically what we're hearing people say, right? And, and kind of what the vibe of it feels like. Maybe that starts to feel a little different. So far, it seemed pretty cordial. Derwin James is out there on walkthroughs. He's coaching up young players. He's not being able to do the full speed stuff. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bad blood in this situation. When is it going to make you uncomfortable, David? Even though everything seems joyous right now and nobody's concerned about it, when is it going to make you start to itch a little? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not super worried about it right now. It doesn't make me uncomfortable at the moment. I I think (laughs) as we get ever closer to that first game and and the regular season, then that's when I'm going to start getting very, very uncomfortable and my blood's going to start blood pressure is going to start going up and I'm going to start getting some cold sweats and get uncomfortable. (laughs) That's when I don't want to have to worry about that because then it could potentially turn into a big distraction. And I I don't, and I think the chargers know that, and I think they're going to try to get this done, but also, Hey, you know, Derwin James has a little bit of an injury uh, history here. You know, we can't discount that. We have to look at that. You have to take that into account. So, you know, him not being out there, you know, Hey, 
maybe that's not such a bad thing, right? So, uh, I mean, right now I'm not worried about it, but hey, if we get close to the regular season and he still is unsigned, yes, that's when I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go into the season and you're you're even leaving the door open at all that he could leave you after this upcoming season, that is reason to worry because you know, I mean, you just listen to David tell you he's the most important player on this team outside of Justin Herbert for what they're going to do this season and then making a playoff run this season. So, like, yeah, it's crucial to re-sign that, dude. You know you're going to do it. If you're squabbling over little things, you have to hope that's going to be able to get done. There haven't been any you know, reports out there that there's a massive gap in between the two sides of the two camps. And Derwin James, as Daniel Popper told us, right, he's a little bit of a special case because he has missed so many games. He does need to kind of secure his long-term future right now with this yeah. upcoming contract. And if he gets hurt at training camp, it could throw everything off, right? Right now, he's looking at being the highest paid safety in the entire NFL. The nice thing is, is the way that it seems to be talking about, especially Brandon Staley and the way he's talked about it because Brandon Staley seems like the coach that says a couple of things he's not really supposed to say and <laughs> things does. that NFL coaches you know <laughs> some that Tom Telesco you know on speed down is like hey Brandon that's that's one of those things where like you don't <laughs> you don't give that part away right you, you save that for our closed door conversations but he said this is just a part of the process this is a big thing for him we're working through it and we've done a really good job so that's good as an organization and with his team of working through it together I can't imagine it going any better Things are going really well. I can't imagine it going better. <laughs> I can imagine him having it done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a pretty creative dude, but in my imagination, I can see him signing on the dotted line. So, I mean, it definitely could be going better. That's a little bit of lip service there. For right. <laughs> but it's also not like, I mean, honestly, the last time he talked about it after the scrimmage was kind of like the testiest time. And it was kind of joking, but I think he was talking to Lindsay Theory of he was, ESPN yeah. and just said like, Lindsay, you know, like, as soon as I know, know something, you'll be the first I'll tell one to you. know when it, when it happens, you know, <laughs> and it's totally true, right? It's like, and yeah. everyone's going to know as soon as that contract signed, it's going to light Twitter on fire, Absolutely. right? So like, you, you will know, but I just think it's funny because it's like up until that point, it all been pretty joyous. And even in that same press conference, right? He's talking about it going extremely extremely you don't think he wants us to get done already i i bet you he does (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's life changing it's it's generational wealth type of money that this dude's going to sign up for and i'm sure it's with the contract guarantees and you know and how all that stuff's gonna play out daniel popper tells me it's a done deal right i I hear everything from what everyone's saying i'm gonna assume it's going to get done before the end of training camp and i think that's right around i mean i guess the thing that really worries me is the last three holdouts we've seen from the Chargers that I can think of. I hope my timelines are right on this. Melvin Gordon held out right, wanted double-digit millions, came back eventually, ended up getting hurt right away and not playing the whole season his last year. Melvin Ingram had a hold-in where he was doing something similar to Derwin James, wanted to get his contract that year guaranteed, ended up getting it, but he ended up getting hurt pretty early in the season too and kind of was in and out all year. Joey Bosa, his rookie season, holds out on his rookie contract comes back and misses the first four games due to injury. And I do think there is something to that as far as like trying to get back up to speed that quickly, right? After you haven't really been doing it, but I do think it is a little different with him going through, you know, the walkthroughs and everything as fast as the chargers do not saying it's going to happen, but it's just like when you're talking about chargers, which is what we do every day, you think of those prior scenarios. And that's something where it's like, let's get him on the field. Let's work him back in. Let's not make it feel like he has to kind of, you know, go light speed to catch up with everybody else. Knowing Derwin and knowing how they talk about him, I don't think it'll be an issue. But speaking of injuries, we have a couple questions about injuries, including from Justin Sherbert, which is a great Twitter name. Thanks for the coverage of the scrimmage yesterday. You're welcome. 
would love to hear how all the backup linebackers look since our core is pretty much entirely banged up. So I told you we'd talk about Damon Lloyd. Damon Lloyd's been one of the surprises of camp so far. He had a third and short run stop that ended up bringing up a fourth down and a field goal in the scrimmage. That was nice to see, and he's made a few different plays. But Brandon Staley also said about him, he's made a good impression on us. He just continues to improve. And then as far as Eamon Ogbog-Bamiga goes, our boy Bong, he had an interception on Saturday's practice, which was awesome. Had a nice play in coverage against Austin Eckler, which is awesome. But, David, it's because all those other guys are out, right? We're talking about Drew Trinkle, yeah. right? Kenneth Murray, Kyle Van Noy, Nick Neiman. All those dudes are out right now in the linebacking core. It is kind of a deep unit because, like, Troy Reader and Eamon were the guys who were starting, right, in yeah. this practice. And you have a guy like Damon Lloyd who's kind of pushing for the end of the roster spot. But, like, that position is a mess right now. It is. It is a mess. And, and uh, you know, th- thanks to Nick Cothrell for kind of grabbing a little snippet of Brandon Staley's press conference and putting out some injury updates on some of these guys. Drew Tranquil, Trey McKitty, Jason Moore, Kenneth Murray are said to all be trending positive. Kyle Van Noy, Nick Neiman, and Mark Webb are day to day. And Andrew Trainer said he will be he will be out. So I think that's probably a more significant injury. This is what Brandon Staley was saying. This is yes. the way he referred to each of their injuries. So some exactly. he referred to as day to day, some he referred to as trending positive. What the difference is between trending positive and day to day? Not so sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean day to day means okay. Well, he could wake up tomorrow feeling good and be on the field. That's what day to day means, right? And like, yeah. I, it's tough because it's like I don't think of, you know, Mark Webb's injury and, and Kenneth Murray's injury timelines being the same, right? So if Kenneth yeah. Murray is trending positive and we don't think he's coming back immediately, I don't know. I mean, that's just so – they yeah, put us in a weird spot, I think, with that it's, one. It's hard to look at this stuff categorically. The one thing that yeah. we kind of do know that has a little bit of, of a actual schedule here is Donald Parham having a hamstring injury and they expect him to miss a week. So thankfully it's not something yeah. more. And even that know, he didn't even really say difficult. like, it's just, it seems like, okay, well, he's not going to play this week right. is what it more seems to be. But I think the bigger thing, David is with pretty much all those guys, except for Andrew trainer, you know, and Kenneth Murray working his way back. A lot soft of them tissue. he's saying are soft tissue, right? Yeah. Which is sucks. Cause it can linger, you know, if it's not treated right, but it's also nothing structural that's going to keep these important players out for the chargers. Yes, that is very, very important. And uh, unfortunately, this is something that's very common at this point in training camp. A lot of these soft tissue injuries, whether it's a hamstring or a groin injury. But I think the one thing that kind of gives you some solace or, you know, some some positive thoughts on this is how well the Chargers sports performance team handled the injuries last year. I think they did a phenomenal job of trying to keep these guys in shape and feeling good as they can to get them to be able to play on Sundays, Mondays, and sometimes on Thursdays. So I mm-hmm. think that gives me some, um, some, you know, some good feelings that the sports performance team is going to be able to take good care of these guys and get them back on the field as soon as possible. And you just, at this point, especially when they're not putting out injury reports and they don't have to tell you what guys' injuries are, it's just so tough to tell. But I think the yeah. nice thing is, is, like, David, players drop like flies every training camp, right? I Absolutely. Mean, we've, we've been at this point in so many Chargers seasons sitting here with a couple of guys already, you know, if not done for the season, done for most of the season. So that's true. The Chargers have been very, very fortunate in that sense, right? I mean, they have not been unlucky by any means so far in the injury, you know, class. Obviously, knock on wood, but like, it does have it does make a difference. Having a good you know sports performance staff does make a difference. Pouring resources into that, which is not something the Chargers had done very much previously, is something that makes a difference. 
having someone with a different outlook, uh, someone who doesn't want to push the players to their absolute breaking point at every practice makes a difference. And that's why Brandon Staley is saying at the end of these practices, I want you to feel like you could go out there and do more, right? Because they're going to have to in the game, right? And it's like, you don't want these guys tired. It's like, you want them to feel like they can just keep going all day, of course. But he has taken a different approach to that. That's a very different approach than we saw from previous regimes with the Chargers for sure, you know, not talking about that. But I, I just think that it's a different perspective on it now with Brandon Staley, and you've definitely seen the dividends. At the same time, one of the things that Brandon Staley blamed the most last season for the Chargers defense specifically struggling is how many guys ran and out of the lineup. So I think that makes it tough. But I think, obviously, David, we could both sit here and agree you know, we're doing the shaking hands emoji right now that uh, we're okay with where the charges are at injury-wise. As far as Donna Parham goes, him and Trey McKitty being out, the Chargers really only having three guys, right, with Gerald Everett that you know are going to make the team as roster locks really opens things up for the other tight ends. And Kevin asked us if the Chargers will keep four tight ends. I don't know, David. We'll see. Preseason's going to end up, you know, probably playing the biggest part of that. But – no doubt about it that the the race is very much open now, especially with some guys banged up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a position group that, you know, right now, especially the way things look, is a, a place where there's an opportunity for somebody to make the team, whether that's Hunter Camp Moyer or and whether that's... they said so, right? Yeah, whether that's Sage Sherratt. I mean, if they make plays here in, in the preseason, then they could put themselves in position to make this team. So it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, who's the other tight end, though? There's one I feel like you don't want to say. I don't want to say it either. Eric Cromenhook, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but Cromen Hawk. Yeah. Cromen Hawk. Daniel Jeremiah said at the scrimmage, I can't remember how he said it though. Either way, <laughs> he's not making the team because nobody can say his name. So <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it definitely opens things up for that position battle, and it they kept you know four tight ends last season. Yeah, uh, you know, with Jared Cook, with Trey McKitty, Donna Barham, and Stephen Anderson, who is a jack of all trades. So can, will that fourth guy be that, or does someone like a you know Xander Horvath? maybe running some of those similar Steven Anderson things, yeah. eliminate the need for three tight ends. One thing that doesn't eliminate four it, though, tight ends, yeah. or four tight ends, one thing that doesn't, though, is the injuries, right? I mean, you yeah. will keep an extra one if you don't have enough bodies at that room, for sure, unless somebody's yeah. going to injure reserve, because that's the only way you're getting that roster spot off, right? So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Very exciting that we have preseason to you know see this weekend, and we were back with you guys to talk about preseason. I'm also going to Chargers practice on Wednesday. Hope to see everyone out there. If you guys want to meet up out there, I'm excited about that. But tomorrow we'll be getting into some of the things we're looking forward to seeing the most in the preseason, some of the guys who have the most to prove and the latest coming out of Chargers training camp. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We always really appreciate those. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC for the show's page. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports for my training camp updates and everything else. And David Drogemeyer's DMs are always open at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show's Instagram at LockedOnChargers. And you can also find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get your voicemails in, you can call into 323 524 seven nine two four but make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with us when we're getting into the latest of training camp and talk about what we're looking forward to in the preseason because at this point of the year we're even excited about the preseason but we'll be back with you guys then till then take it easy and go bolts